podcast may contain mature themes. And if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it. And we are back, episode two, False Starts. Chris Shipley here with my podcast partner, Bill Blank, throwing the flag, calling a penalty on men's mental health. Bill, how the hell are you tonight? I'm good, man. How have you been the last couple of weeks? Everything going well? It's going as well as can be expected, some ups and downs, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, it, it's helped. Uh, it's helped that. I was going to say it's helped that I know that there's people out there that got it worse than I do, but that doesn't sound like it comes out very well. What a fucking just, dick. I know, right? <laughs> you just take your blessings, I guess. It could be a lot worse, right? I guess that's what I meant. Holy shit. That was that was a you, terrible segue. Was that one of your boys, the intro thing? Yeah, that's the, Joshua. That's uh, the, the, the backstory behind that is, is it took him about seven times to get that right and he had finally so excited that he got it right that he yelled nailed it and i was like now i gotta keep that so absolutely it's awesome so they're, they're wrestling fans right they are big wwe wrestling fans and Dude, you gotta bring them fans. to see my son i know that's that's we that should happen. do that yeah Jackson exactly. King. <laughs> they would right. love that <laughs> yeah so uh we are super excited to to bring on uh, our guest and uh, bill i'll let you introduce uh, your friend and guest and uh and go from there yeah um this is a a comic friend of mine this is going to be the kind of the beauty of this whole situation man uh you know i've toured the country for 20 plus years at this point and i get to run into a lot of people and the funniest funniest people in the world uh are also having some of the worst battles and sometimes that's that's why we are as good as we are at what we do it's why some of us are so much more generous than others and uh this dude tim lulies is a, a guy that i met in virginia beach probably 10 years ago um we've remained in contact over the years we just worked together that one time but we hit it off really well and uh, you know, I've watched him on Facebook. We've, we've kind of watched each other and, uh, uh, you know, Tim's just, uh, had, uh, uh, some recent battles and, and Tim's passionate about the mental health of, of men, just like we are and, and normalizing that and talking about it. And, and he's also one of the most generous and open people I know. So Tim, welcome, man. Uh, is there anything you want to get into right away? You, you got something you want to say? Or you just want to say hi? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. First, thank you for the first. Thank you for the uh, the kind welcome and fuck the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, you motherfucker! Oh my God, Tim's my favorite. Tim's my favorite host already. I told I you, man. Hey, hey, man. Hey, let me let me. Okay, let me say something back to Bill. Okay, let me tell you something. I don't dislike the team Dallas Cowboys. Of course, they're a rival. I'm a Washington fan. I dislike their fans, but there are about a handful of 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 based knowledgeable realistic cowboy fans of bill blanks one of them we've gotten to, we've gotten into heated discussions about politics football that stuff but it always comes back to a mutual respect and he's always realistic about his team also for for one thing i i don't know shit about iowa hawkeyes football but 
I love watching Bill's timeline <laughs> on Saturdays in the fall. I love his fat man. And I know you're like a legend at the games and stuff. I don't you know, know about what I mean? all that. <laughs> like, fuck the referees. Um, infamous. Uh, the referees has killed this motherfucker. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I love it, man. I love that. I love that. That rabid just, man. It's just all out, man. I don't give a shit about Midwest football. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I love watching his timeline, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Clemson fan. You know what I mean? I was a Clemson fan way before they got good. Back when I was getting, with, you know, I live in Virginia. Everybody was on the Virginia Tech stick. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I was always a Clemson fan. I got right from here. We got our time. But I love just watch. I specifically turn my notifications on for Bill during the fall <laughs> to hear the Iowa fo- to hear the Iowa football shit, man. And thank you, man. And I remember working with you, man. And I know you looks this. I know this looks familiar to you. I'm here oh, at yeah. the, uh, the GB's Funny Bone Green Room tonight. Yes, sir. I was actually, I was actually looking for your name earlier. I think it's in front of the desk. Really, I am. At Are you desk. sitting at the desk? Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's see. Is it? I think it's in there somewhere. Okay. Maybe not. It's right underneath, like, that, it's it's right underneath between... that picture of that dick. That yeah, was on there's, the wall. there's plenty of dicks. Plenty of... <laughs> so I specifically, I specifically wanted to do, you know, bring it in here just to give you a little nostalgia and shit. Yeah, for it's sure. It's funny, like you're talking about how you work around the country. I've worked around the country too, and and um, it's it's funny. It's just certain people you really click with, and you remember, and you just really stay in touch for a long time. And I'm really glad. And I also, you talk about your son earlier. I remember when he, before he even first got into wrestling, um, he had asked me because, you know, I do an in-ring talk show with Virginia Championship Wrestling and stuff. And, you know, he was asking me some for some advice. I was like, first of all, dude, I'm just a, I'm just a, a what you call an enhancement talent. You know what I mean? I'm on, I'm a mic guy. I was like, I can't help with it. I was like, but I, I gave him the name of a couple of wrestling schools that I know in the Midwest and stuff. Um, and I followed him ever since. Thank you for putting me on to him. I tried to give him a little bit of knowledge of the back vaccine stuff, sure. good. but I'm very, hey man, I'm, I know you got to be a proud father because that, that dude's out there, he's out there busting his ass. He's also, he, he just do like a kickboxing, yeah. Match. He that was he his won, first right? real fight. He did win. He, he, uh, dude, he came out like dropping haymakers. Like, I didn't, I saw the video, I didn't man. see it. Co, he hit it, he hit way harder than I thought, and his chin. His chin was much better than I ever imagined. I mean, he took he ate a lot of shots and kept moving forward, and he got a knockdown in the second round. Uh, third round, he was just gassed, uh, but he got th- you know it was just get through without getting knocked out. Basically, we that I, I saw like a, a video. I know he posted a video of like a minute long, and all I saw was them just racking each other in the face. I didn't see yeah. those kicks. I was just, just waiting for a kick to happen, but these dudes are just slugging it out, just yeah. tagging, tagging. T- I was like, well, I was like, when's somebody gonna kick somebody in the, in the damn face, man? Yeah. Like, but That's it, probably it, the least amount of kicks I've ever seen in a kickboxing match in my life. Uh, I mean, it might have been ten total the whole fight. And, and how old is he? He's twenty. He'll be twenty-one oh, in May. Dude, he's in the. He's getting in the right. Well, hell, he's the same. Age. He is the same age as the boys. In yeah. Oh, the boys would love him. Then yeah, they, yeah, dude, we definitely set uh, that up. And he's just yeah, he's worked so. I'm so proud of how hard he's worked, and uh, I. And I, I mean, we talked about this on the last episode, like it was funny, you know, I didn't eat for a couple of days before I was, I was a wreck, you know, like wrestling when he's doing the pro wrestling thing, it's not, I don't have near the anxiety cause it's a show and sure. no matter what's going on. And I know that, and Tim, you know, this, I mean, they do beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah. They are beating each other's asses. The difference is 
their number one job is to protect each other right. at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. And, and when you get into when now it's kickboxing, now it's real fighting, and now the object is to whoop the other dude's ass for real, knock him out if you can. So obviously I'm not eating for a couple of days. And <laughs> uh, it reminded me of just, you know, I, I played a little bit of college baseball. I mean, I, I at least played serious high school baseball. So, I mean, I had nerves, I had times, you know, so, but it reminded me of that because about an hour before the show, I just wanted blood. Like I didn't even, I wasn't scared. I was no more anxiety. As soon as the bell rang, I'm like, knock this motherfucker out. Let's go. Well, you know, about, about the wrestling too. Somebody had this conception that, oh, they're bouncing around on the mat. Let me tell you something, man. You got about that much foam and then it's, it's wood. It's two by four. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And so I've taken a bump before. It's not, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, you know, those guys put their body on the line. And, you know, we, we this could probably maybe be another podcast, but mm-hmm. there's so many similarities. And I teach this in my comedy class here at the Funny Bone in Richmond and Virginia Beach that uh, professional wrestling and stand-up comedy, take the physical element out of it, it's so similar. You got to connect. You got to have your own thing. You know what I mean? You got to have your signature style. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but those guys go through a lot of the same bullshit that stand-up comics have to do for many years without no money. And a lot yeah. less money even lot, than us. Yeah. And yeah, a lot less money than the and political as shit. You know what I mean? Mm. They got yeah. a battle. They got a, it's the same stuff. That's a whole nother podcast. We can maybe talk about some other time. But well, and you you, you jump in there with that along with, with time away from family, yes. uh, time on the road, which you know probably affects uh your personal relationships and, and, and your mental health, right? Yeah. So and there's so many people I know Bill knows. There are so many people that I'm sure he knows and I know that had all the talent in the world. But they had family obligations. They couldn't go without, they couldn't travel without, a, they can't take the comedy to other cities or get on the road. And the careers are cut short because of that. And it sucks. So, yeah, it is. So, so for those that do it, stand up and professional wrestling, it's a major sacrifice on your social life, family life, everything. A hundred percent. A lot of people don't, don't understand that. And I, you know, I tried, I tried for years, uh, to to live in both worlds i i was very adamant about having that family when i got home off the road and like being it when i was home i was home and it was normal i was a normal dad husband all that when i was home and you know when i was on the road that's a whole nother world and and i'm out doing that but i can't i mean there were times where i was driving 20 hours overnight yeah to get back for a softball game or a baseball game or I didn't want them to resent what I did, but then it comes at the expense when you're home, you know, the, the more you're gone, the less you're there for your family, the more you're home, the less money you're making for your family. And it's like, no one can truly be happy. Cause when I'm home, I'm like, shit, where's my next paycheck coming from? Mm-hmm. When I'm on the road, I'm like, shit, is she cheating on me again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey man, I live in the navy. I live in the navy town, man. So, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, the fucking. Uh, hey, you know the beauty of Virginia Beach. I was in. Um, I think this was the last time I was there. Maybe if I remember right. Uh, it was, I was with John Hinton and, uh, 
it was when Iowa beat Ohio State like 55 to 17 or something, whatever game that was. And John is a big Ohio State fan. And so we watched the game and John got up and went to the hotel at halftime. And the next day we were walking to P.F. Chang's or some shit for lunch. And I actually had this shirt on. And it's a Navy town, so there's always people from uh, dude. Like people yeah. were rolling down their windows. Good game yesterday. Go Hawks! Like, like I was part of it. Like, <laughs> hey, good game. Yeah, fuck speaking, yeah, good game, bro. And fucking John just moon. Speaking of him, man, I've worked with him several times. Awesome guy, man. He is. Awesome. He's a beautiful, just, beautiful human, man. I love him. Yeah, absolutely love him. But uh, you know. While, while I'm thinking about it, we should probably let's go through your last month or so. I mean, probably, I mean, it, it starts way before a month ago, but, um, you know, you put up a post on Facebook, um, last week, I think late last week, uh, that was, um, very long and, and it took, it took me until the other day to read the whole thing. Like I had read, I read a bunch of it and I was like, man, I'm going to start crying or something. So like, I'm, I'm going to go back. And it <laughs> took me about three times to emotionally get through the whole thing. Um, you know, some, some of that because of how much I care about you, but also because of, of the mirror that that turned, you know, that's one of those posts that puts a mirror in front of a lot of people if they're willing to look at it. You know, at first I thought when I was just airing out, I, was, I thought I was just going on a rant. And it's one of those things when you hit, you know, when you once you post, you're like, should I really be talking? Should I really be telling people this? And then the reactions started coming. The comments started coming. My my phone, I was getting text messages. I was getting, uh, you know, face, uh, Facebook message, messages, uh DMs, I was getting them, you know, I mean, all that stuff. And it was people all over in comedy, all across the country. It was a lot of people in the professional wrestling business that I didn't expect, you know, to, to reach out to me. People that I thought that I actually like in the locker room maybe didn't like me. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's a little bit territorial. You know, it's kind of like when a, you know, when, when like a celebrity comes into uh, another genre, comes in to do stand up, you know what I mean? Some kind of a, so when I come in from a world of stand-up comedy and I'm on the mic, I'm getting on the screen time. Sometimes guys in the locker room that aren't familiar with me, they give me a little heat. But I was getting messages from them telling me, hey, man, you know, it's something I've done before. You know what I mean? I appreciate you sharing that. It really hits home with me. Or, you know, one of my, you know, one of my colleagues, you know, family member. It's like I started getting so many messages like that. And it was really, I felt like I did was the right thing. You know what I mean? And it was a story, man. And it was something that, you know what I mean? I didn't realize that I was teetering on the on the line of death. You know, um, here I was going through this whole eighth month process to to get the um, get the uh, the sleeve surgery, which is a weight loss surgery, and um, I had to make a lot of lifestyle change leading up to that for insurance to to to, to you know to cover it. it. Yeah. And it was psycho it was psychiatric stuff. It was um, it was nutrition education. It was you know, uh, so many things and I had to abstain from alcohol and, um, and hopefully no one at, uh, I'm not, <laughs> hopefully no one at, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shields is watching this, but, um, during the holidays I was, you know, getting it in and I was having a little fun again, you know what I'm saying? But there was a day I had to cut it off 
Mm. And, um, you know, it's like I, the psychiatrist that I was working with was, was telling me, it's like, you know, you shouldn't be on Xanax this long because I was all, on it ever since 2016. And it's like, this isn't meant to be long term. There, there should have been an alternative presented to you. And um, I was all the way up to a, to a, to a full milligram. And um, so I was just thinking, you know, my doctor, you know, when, when you have, when you get some, I think a lot of people know that if you get prescribed opioids or things like Adderall and, and, and controlled substances, they give you the Narcan, you know, hey, if you have problems, make sure you take this, you know, if you overdose or whatever. And that's really all they tell you. They don't really tell you, like, you know, if you're going to quit, how to quit. You know what I mean? So it, it's just a little, little pill. So I just figured that, all right, I'm going to stop. Yeah. And I did it yeah. a couple of days before Christmas. And all the stuff that started building up, I was getting really moody. I was losing, I was going to sleep deprecation. Um, and I started to become very, like, uh, I talk about, I was talking about, I was being obnoxious to people. I was being clingy to people. I was being impatient. I was being paranoid. And all this stuff I thought was building up to the stress of me giving up alcohol. Because with this surgery, I can't drink for like a, another year and a half. You know, I mean, I can't drink alcohol because they say that if, if you drink one shot of uh, liquor, it's the equivalent of three lines of cocaine. And then it, it, you're drunk as shit. It goes to your system and then you can do it all over again. So it, it, it's well, like it's like I, 30 minutes later, you're back sober and then you could you could do it again. And it becomes that very, sounds that like is, the greatest is, party surgery <laughs> in the history of the fucking world. That, that'd be I, Tim, Tim that is that is true. I, I, I did not have the sleeve. I had the full Ruin Y 12 years ago. Okay. And and I, I can tell you a story of one night where I had two shots of tequila and that was it's ex you can just feel it just seep right into Dude, your. Do you realize? Do you realize? Fucking rich kids are gonna start getting the surgery for spring break. Well, that's what I'm saying. It'll make a hell of a Super Bowl party, man. You yeah, just once a year. Team, teams new losing. sleeve once a year. Teams losing, get drunk as shit. Don't forget about it. By the time you're sober, you you made it right. You came back. Sure. And here I thought I was gonna have to pour it in my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all this was building up, and you know, like I said I teach a class, and here in Virginia, I teach a class here in Virginia Beach, Richmond. Richmond was pretty cool, um, but here in Virginia Beach, you know, sometimes uh, when you're teaching these classes, you get people to just eventually, as the class goes on, they start to believe they know more than you. You know what I mean? So I was getting a little bit of that, and I was getting people who weren't applying themselves, and mm -hmm. then I show up for the final class before the. The, the graduation show and they all come in and they nailed it like they they it was like night and day from the week before and they came in and nailed it and all this shit and also our ticket sales were low i was coming in tonight and I was, man i'm gonna fuck it. i'm gonna i'm gonna lay into them i gotta get that i gotta i gotta you know what i mean i gotta make a statement to them you know what i mean i'm like do y'all want to do fucking stand-up comedy or not like i had this whole thing planned out of what i was gonna say <laughs> and they did so great i sat in front of them to talk and i lost it i like lost it super Tears. emotional yeah, dude, it was like yeah. something I couldn't speak. It literally yeah. took me 20 minutes to get words out of my mouth. And so that ended up being a rally for them. They ended up running around. We almost sold the fucking show out. It really bonded us. But at the same time, I was like, is this really me stressing over my surgery and my distress at lifestyle change I'm making? Or is something else going on? And then several other things happened that were that I don't want to get into, but it's just like, it's just things after another. And then I've never in my life heard voices before, right? And this is when I knew that I need to step back from social media and human interaction because things aren't getting right. And 
You know what I mean? And it's funny. I don't know how much you watch wrestling, Bill, or or, or, or you do, Chris. Um, the Randy Orton song, I hear voices in my that shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I started hearing Randy Orton's voice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he was and these voices were saying things like, You stupid piece of shit. You mean like just 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 like put me down, like you know, your father was right, because you know, my father mentally abused me. Shit like that, like things that I was like, who the fuck is saying this shit? Why ain't you taking that pill? You know what I mean? Things would be so much better if you just fucking took the pill. You know what I mean? And my anxiety, I couldn't, it was just, and so I, uh, and then this is when it starts, things started getting scary as, you know, I went to my, the week before to get labs before my original surgery date. Uh, they were saying, hey, listen, you know, your, your, your blood count, your white blood count is pretty elevated. If you have any symptoms, you need to come in and that following Saturday, two days before my surgery, it got really bad. And I went in and that shit shot up almost to 30,000. It was like 28 something. And that's when they started saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to give you something. But this doesn't this doesn't get you right in the next couple hours. We're admitting you and this could get, you know, we're concerned. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, fuck. I was like, you know, my surgery is going to get delayed. I got work coming up. I got road dates. I got classes. I got all this shit. I was like, it's going to fuck everything up. And I just started getting nuts, man. Like the next day, I, I just started like just angry, angry at everything, everybody, everything, angry at myself. And it just, at that time, you know, I've been for a while, I've been trying to get into, you know, uh, more holistic stuff, more holistic approaches. Um, and because the pharmaceutical industries, they have a spot of balls here. They have a spot of throats, man. They have oh, everybody. Yeah. It's just it's so you're it's, talking it's, like meditation stuff. Yes, so, so, but that's what I want to get transferred to. So I've had friends and everything, and I've talked about it for a long time with different people and, and different options. And it was that point I said, "Man, I was like, this is gonna get really bad if you don't sit down and do something about it." So I sat down in front of my TV, and I sat and uh, there's this. It was this old. I, I just googled guided breathing, right? And it's this old British dude that does this thing called the uh, the Wim the Wim Hof technique. And what it does is it makes you do 30 inhales and exhales. And then you hold your breath for a minute. And then it eventually builds up to a minute and a half. Now, I got to tell you all something. Just a couple months before, I was in a I, I went to go get some imaging done. And they had to stop the imaging in the middle of it because I couldn't even hold my breath for 19 seconds. Wow. When I went through this breathing exercise in a minute, and he said to hold your breath, I was like, there's no way that can happen. And he starts, as you're holding your breath, he starts telling you to, 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 to notice and feel certain parts of your body. Be aware of, of your, you know, your surroundings. Be aware of your body. Where's the pain? All this stuff. And that one minute won't shit. And then it eventually got up to a minute and 30. It's like your mind took over at that point and your lungs didn't even exist. I mean, they, they weren't putting, it was putting no strain on your lungs and it was nothing. Now, I only made it, it was so intense that first time I did it, I only made it to the fourth round. And since then, since I've been doing it, I, I made it up to six. And eventually, right. I think past that, it's 11 rounds. I think past it eventually gets up to two minutes. But, man, it hit me like a hairdresser. Like, like if you've ever done a whip it before, like, uh, I know y'all are old school, but, you know, if you've ever done a whip it, like, it hits you like I, that. The I, yeah. I've heard it described. I've actually never done a whip it, believe it or not, but. Yeah, but, the, yeah, I know it, what you mean. I fell back in my seat and was like, whoa. I was like, all right, I got to put this on pause. Like, it was like, and then I felt the most amazing calm. You know what I mean? And one reason I was on the Xanax for so long was, was sleep. Because as sometimes when I go to sleep, 
my anxiety builds up so so mm-hmm. high. I, like I don't trust myself to go to sleep. So that's what I use it for. And that night, man, I had some of the best sleep. And then I started to get into to, to, to meditation with the Gaia guided meditation and stuff like that. And then I got into another breathing technique called the breath of life, um, where, where you you pull up your breath from the chakras, hold it for seven seconds, and then you then you say certain words of affirmations of whatever you need to areas you need to heal. And just I, I was planning on taking a full because then I, I did find out good news. My surgery only got delayed one week. Um, and I said, you know, what? I'm going to stay off social media. I'm not going to get on there. I'm not going to log on. I'm not going to do that shit. And listen, that Sunday night, let me tell you how serious this is, is because that was the night also where the Cowboys lost to the Niners. And believe me, I watched the game. I wanted to get on and rag. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I was like, this isn't the time. I was like, there's more important issues here. You yeah, kick, kick everybody while they're down. Like, ain't <laughs> shit wrong with you, motherfucker. Yeah, but, but, so, but that whole week, man, let me just tell you something. And then that whole week, and then I just started, you know, I have a good friend of mine, Dave Katash, um, who's got a good social media following. He put something out for me. And through his because he tagged me, so many people saw it through my timeline, and that's how I started getting all the messages while the night before the hospital, while I was in the hospital, all this stuff. And then I was just like, when I came back, you know, days later, I was like, man, there's so much love out there. I can't not respond to this. Sure. And yeah. so I came back to social media about a week earlier than I planned. But let me tell you, man, if, if you've there, I, it's something I'm probably going to do a little bit more often because a break from social media feels wonderful, man. It's, it's, it feels great. It's a, it's so therapeutic just to, to, to tap out or just, just to, to, to remove yourself from, you know what I mean? That the people's opinion. I, I, I yeah. remove myself from two <laughs> days at a time period. I like, I, I haven't taken any, like I've never taken like a conscious hiatus where I was just like, you know, I'm not going to post for a while. I'm not going to pay attention for a while, but uh, I take, well, you know what? I sh- I take that back. I take breaks from posting for days at a time. Okay. But yeah. I definitely look at it every day multiple well, times. Looking at it, I found looking at it is the worst, man. Like, you know, Satan, your opinion or whatever, and people interact and you may get the, you know, and, and I, dude, I'm just, I get banned so much. Like a lot of my posts, I'm surprised the post I made, that long one even made it that many people yeah. because I've been shadow banned so much. I'm shadow banned right now just because I said something about the fucking balloon. I said something about. I was like, if you shoot down a balloon, it might have the next. It might have COVID in it, or, or another the next virus that was made in a lab, or something like that. And they, yeah, yeah. they restricted. They restricted, but I was like, geez. And they also banned. It's funny too that long post y'all were talking about. I got a ban from them for 24 hours because it said I was promoting the use of drugs and alcohol and firearms or some shit. And uh, I was banned from it, but the post is still up and people were still talking, interacting. But I couldn't. That's do crazy. Shit with it. Yeah. I said, what the fuck? So it's like, I think, because I, I said something there about the pharmaceutical industries. Oh, and sure. I, I think that's what they got. You know what I'm saying? So, but, um, you know, and then, and then I talk another thing in there too, which is, which Bill, like for performers. And I think everybody, man, needs to get into this. Like I I, I was, I had a student of mine um, in Virginia Beach that said, uh, put me on to that night when I had a, you know, broke down to him and everything, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one of, he was into meditation and all this stuff. He put me on to this thing, this technique of uh, creating an alter ego, right? And he gave me this book and I wasn't that, I looked at this like, hey, that looks cool. But a lot of times with that shit, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I look into it. Sure, you know I saying? did that with the Bible probably 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> so then I do, I go up and do my show in Richmond and I'm doing a pre-show talk and I just mention it. And one of my students, um, obviously it, it, it resonated with her or something. And then 
she got the fantastic and later on told me hey you just mentioned that made me want to try it and that's that was me up there and that's why and she she did she stole the show so i was like there's got to be something to this you know what i'm saying and so i looked into it and basically in a in a nutshell i don't want to give out a way to hold up by the way it's it's this particular book it's called by it's called the alter ego by todd herman all right and it's very sports based right let me tell you how to how how it captured me right off the bat when i heard when i started listening I got so amped, I started shooting people messages like, "Hey man, you gotta look at this. You gotta look at every like every like." I paused it in chapter two and just started shooting it everywhere with my text like, "Oh man, hey y'all, y'all gotta check this out." Like everybody I know is a performer, and um, because what he does is he starts off about how he's a motivational speaker. He's in a green room with Bo Jackson. He's about to go up to speak, and Bo Jackson he meets him. He says, "Hey man, you know, um, I, I won so many games with you on Techno Ball, all this shows. Yeah." <laughs> so Bo Jackson just says, "Well, yeah. what are you gonna talk about?" And he says, well, I'll talk about how to create an alter ego. And he says, he said, let me tell you something. He says, and this is Bo Jackson speaking. He says, Bo Jackson never played a down of football in his life. He's like, that was Jason Voorhees. (laughs) What Bo Jackson did, what Bo Jackson did when he was young is he took on the alter ego. Every time he stepped on football, he took on the alter ego of Jason Voorhees for Friday the 13th. He went out there to plow with people, to murder people. You know what I mean? And then sure. in the second chapter, it basically this gives a kind of a little description of it. It's like it says that say for example, if you're a performer and you're on stage, if you go up there as an alter ego and you're in tune with your alter ego, anything that happens up there, whether you're whether you're you bomb or whatever, when you get off stage and you get back into you, it doesn't that poor performance doesn't fall on you. The alter ego did that. I mean, so it takes pressure off of you as a person. Like you didn't fail, like you did, you know, you didn't fail. That's your alter ego that did it. And then later on, it talks about what really resonated with me is because you know I wear a shirt on stage and I I don't go by stage name, but my social media I used to, but I go uh, you know, Big Forty Four Comedy is is where you can find me on all social media. The number forty four is something that's really it's a long story, but it's something that's really important to me. By the way, it comes from John Riggins. By the way, that's my childhood hero. Yeah, so, sure. Um, so anyways, um, it talks about having an artifact, whether it's a piece of jewelry, whether it's any, any inanimate object. It can also be a piece of clothing. And all these years, I never knew that I was doing this alter ego shit. I was wearing this shirt with a 44 on it. That was my that's my artifact. Yeah. And I, I, you know, whether I'm on the stage performing as a comic or I'm in the ring as the heel, the bad guy, or even when I'm teaching, that's not Tim Lulee's. You know what I'm saying? That's another person I've been making. You know what I'm saying? And this yep. whole time. And this just all makes sense. And you could do it in so many different avenues of your life. You know what I mean? In your, in your, uh, it's just, it hit me. So when I went into the hospital the night before I really got depressed, got the breathing technique. Okay. When I went to the hospital that day, man, I didn't go in as Tim Lulee's. I wasn't scared. I, in that post, if you see, it was like, I felt like I was fucking Steph Curry going in there to, to rain threes and win a championship. That was my mentality. And my doctor said, because, because of that infection, that infection was caused by stress beating down my immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, they were concerned that that could have tore away that that all that could have tore away the lining of my heart, and that they were concerned with the surgery went from low risk up to a lot of, much more elevated. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of concern. But my doctor, he was concerned. But he said after the surgery, he said, "Man, your body responded <clears throat> so much better than I expected." And I really think it was that mentality in my mind going in there like that. You know, I mean, like, hey, I'm 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 coming in championship mode. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. um but during that time, man, it, it's been there were so highs and 
there's the January started off on with highs and we were graduation mm-hmm. show. I love teaching. And when I love, I love, I love it when, when we get to the, to the climax and we're there at the graduation show to find out. And I love seeing the, the feeling and the joy that these people are experiencing of going up and crushing it in front of their family and friends and all of them, both classes, all 20 some students did amazing. I love seeing that, man. It's, 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 it's a feeling that you, you can't explain. And so it started off, the month started off great and then just started crashing. It started bad thing after another bad thing, bad thing, bad decision after bad decision, saying shit to people you shouldn't say. It's just, man, it was, it was wild, man. It was really wild. And so I just had to put it out there. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of people say, you know, a lot of people don't like it when people overshare, you know what I mean? But I mm. felt like that I needed to do that. But it's, it's funny that you say that. I, I, we're gonna, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, and then I want to come back and circle back on that point right there that you just said, because I just had a conversation with somebody about that, and I had posted something much smaller, but it kind of fits into what you were saying. So let's uh, let's take a quick break. I wanna, we want to take a break and listen to uh, Revelton Distilling Company in Osceola, Iowa. They're one of our uh, primary sponsors, and then we'll come back with Tim and, and Bill. So. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the tailors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning experience. Okay, we are back. Let me switch. I'm not very good at these transitions. I'm still working on them. Um, before we took that break, we got a couple of people uh, with some shout outs. You got Mike Gordon that says hi. So, Yo. And, uh, that's my boy. There you go. And then we've got David. He uh, wanted to say what up. Yes. That's my man right there that came and visited me in the hospital and, and did nice. not a social media. That's, that's my dude. Awesome. Cool. And then Jordan. Okay. What's up, Tim? There we go. All right. We got people at least. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. That's all right. Thanks for listening. So uh, before Build we small, that- baby. You start small. Right. I know. Right. Uh, Before we took that break, you were talking about whether or not you should have shared it. And sometimes people overshare. And um, it's funny because I just had this conversation actually with my wife the other day uh, because she just does not share things online. Right. She's not. And I am. I, I, I talk about things. I go on a podcast. I have a daily morning podcast. I'm pretty open with things that go that have gone on. And um I had posted uh, the other day uh, <clears throat> just something that I said, something to the effect of, you ever been sad about being sad and you don't know why you're sad, but you don't want anybody to worry about you being sad because then they'll be sad. Like, mm. that's kind of where I was, right? Like, I, and, and a, I got a lot of nice comments and things like that. And really, sometimes I'm not putting that out there for sympathy. I just at this point just like need to scream into the void, right? Like that's what it is. I need to get it out 
and then it's over and I move on. But then you see people start to comment <clears throat> and you think, you know, there's other people that feel that way. You know what I mean? And they do need to hear that and they do need to see that and the vulnerability. So to your point, when you said, you know, do I overshare or whatever? I think it's okay to, to, to talk about that because I do think other people need to hear that. The only, the only people that, that say you overshare are the ones that don't want it makes them uncomfortable makes them uncomfortable it's about them it's not about you you're the one that gets to decide if you've overshared or not yeah you know you know you, you talk about like um i know that both of you guys are married obviously i'm um, not anymore no okay <laughs> i'm on my second wife you know it's really challenging when you're in your early 40s dating um with mental illness because um I think a lot of times people see mistake mental uh, mental illness for insecurities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. And then, like, uh, yeah, I, I was I was dating this the last girl I dated. I think she was at the time. I think she was like 34, 35. And this is this is this is also it's not just for and not just for 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 young people, whatever. Um, it's even the thirties. It's like she had told me one time in a discussion. I was just having a bad day. I don't know what I was talking. I don't know if it was comedy or whatever. I remember her saying to me, she said, I have enough insecurities of my own. I don't need to hear yours. And that to me, I was like, at the time, I was like, oh, man, you better man the fuck up. You better, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's right. You know what I mean? You don't need to be doing that. But then I was like, man, as a man, how am I supposed to? Yeah, women talk about how they love a man that's vulnerable and they love a man that's sensitive and all this. And that's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Really, and I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say all, all women. You know what I'm saying? But if you're a single woman in your 30s, 40s, whatever, um, you know what I mean. Um, unfortunately, us men, we kind of we kind of piss in our pool because so many women at that age are damaged because of past relationships from a dude fucking them over, and almost putting them in a state of mental illness. You know what I mean? And let me just tell you something. Right. Like as a dude, for me, like it's like PTSD. I, Everybody's yeah. got PTSD yeah. from something else. Yeah, and, and like, let me just tell you something. It's me, my challenges, you know what I'm saying? At, at, at 400 pounds, you know what I'm saying? Um, which I'm about to go under. I, at one time during the pandemic, I was up close to five. So, you know what I mean? I'm definitely, and with the surgery, man, I'm feeling it, man. I'm, I'm in the gym, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's going down. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, so, but anyways, at that time and all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's really difficult because first thing, the first challenge is you got to break through the, 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 the the physical flaws for to attract someone and once you attract someone you're you're on thin ice if you have as a man that if you have you know mental illness because you know what i'm saying it's like uh you can only fuck up like once or twice and if she could go get a better option you know what i mean the difference in understanding with women uh, understanding or being with a man is six foot and over and nice features with tattoos. You know what I'm saying? Now that, that guy ain't nothing nice. He's on solid pavement. Right. <laughs> and his narcissistic <laughs> behavior, his narcissistic behavior can inflict mental damage on that, on that, that woman. And she's going to take, you know what I'm saying? But for me, she I got to with the, with that, whatever that syndrome is where you're relying on the hot, you're the hostage in your captor. Yeah. That, Stockholm it, syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> that's it. That's so, the one I was looking for. I got to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? I got to be perfect. You know what I mean? And, and what makes it even worse, y'all, uh, you guys, 
he what he was just talking about. Bill, you were just talking about earlier about this. I live in an area, a region. It's the biggest military base in the world. We got everything here: Navy, mm-hmm. uh, Marines, Coast Guard, Army. We got it all. Air Force, right? So, per the census in my area, it's four dudes to one woman. You know what I'm wow. saying? Yeah. So the ratio is already fucked against me. You know what I'm saying? And all I see is like when I see these women on time on online all the time talking about how men men are cheating. I got cheated on. I got said. I really think here in the Hampton Roads area, which if you didn't know, this is seven cities collectively as a region, the Hampton Roads area. I think there's about eight dudes out there fucking about 150,000. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's got to be, man. It's got to be one dude just running through them all, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, are, and all the girls are into, oh, I ain't going to date no man in the military. I ain't going to date no man. So you don't want the man with benefits, but you want to do without a driver's license still. It's a dishwasher, fucking 30 fucking years old, (laughs) 36 years old, some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But it's hard, man. It's like as a man, it's like really, man, when you when you expose when you but it's funny too. It's like with this post I made, I had so many women that that contact me also saying, you know, wow, that was that was really brave of you. You know, I mean, all that stuff, you know. Um, it's uh I'm not saying I got any numbers from it or any, you know, any, 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 it wasn't that, it wasn't that, I mean, it wasn't that successful, but I mean, you know, it's just, you're yeah, the you bravest got, guy I've ever had in my friend zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, man, it, it's, dude, it's tough, man. It really is tough. And I, I do believe though that the stigma of mental illness has definitely gotten better than what, you know, than it was in the 90s, 80s and shit. And our parents' generation, you know what I'm saying? Because I I have family members, you know, and my father, they they should have went to seek help a long time ago. I don't mind seeing, I have therapy, I've always seen therapists. It's funny, um, you know, that uh, people, it used to be the students where if you go to the therapist, you know, know, you need to shrink, you know, you need all this, you you know, they used to belittle it, but man, it's like, if you break your leg, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go to the chiropractor. You know what I mean? Right. A therapist yep. is something that, that protects and helps your health of your brain, the most important part of your body. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, my I, therapist actually asked me at one point why why I keep coming, what my goal is and everything. And I'm like, I go, well, I look at it like, you know, my brain's a muscle that I got to work out. You know, people that work out all the time you know, they talk about how they go work out even when they don't want to work out. That's, you know, I feel like it's the same thing with your brain. Like, even when you feel good, like everybody wants to go see a therapist when they're in crisis. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, mean, right. I don't mean everybody, but it, you know, it's a lot of, that's, that's when, when people, people do it. it. Yeah. I didn't think about that. It's yeah. just like with my breathing exercise and meditation. Yeah. I, I didn't do it until it was a crisis. Right. And then, but then they stop after they feel good when you, like once you feel good, it's like, oh, I'm cured of that. That's over. I think it's important to keep going. Like, you know, the last the last several I, I go to therapy once a month. And the last several therapy sessions I've had were all very upbeat, very positive. Uh so you know, sometimes you're like it, that day comes up and you're like, Do I really need to go today? You know, but inevitably different things happen i mean and like i had a thing today uh so last 
a, a week ago Saturday, I was at this bar that a friend of mine, a friend of mine owns, and uh, there's this dude there that is there every every time I've ever been there. This dude's there. Never had any issues. Always talked, laughed, took shots together, whatever. Um, a week so a week ago Saturday night, out of fucking nowhere this dude and this dude this is a huge dude he's a massive dude he's like seven foot like he's that big no exaggerating right this dude just punches me in the face like out of nowhere completely unprovoked like i didn't see it coming nothing uh split my lip open uh but that was it like it wasn't and like I was talking to my therapist, like I feel like there's something wrong with me because I was never even mad about it. Like, like I didn't get a chance to defend myself. I didn't get a chance to fight back. Nothing like that. And the thing is, the dude that owns the bar, like I'm, me and this dude are both good friends with him, right? So the dude ends up like by Thursday, he calls me and apologizes. Doesn't even remember doing it. You know, sure. the dude was shit faced and was mad about something else, you know, whatever. Too bad you couldn't tag in Jackson King, man. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, st I still got about four inches on him. <laughs> but anyway, the thing was like, it, it's funny. Now I know I told my buddies, I was like, well, now we know where the kid got his chin, man. I was like, I didn't. Right. Like, I'm lucky I didn't get slept. I can't believe I didn't get slept. Like, this is a massive dude and I didn't even <laughs> see it coming. So like, the chin ain't been tested in a good 20 years. So at least I know the chin's still good. Right. I've always been able to take a punch, but, uh, but anyway, I was telling her, I was like, I don't. And I was, I was, when I talked to him about it and me and him ended up at the bar that night, having a couple drinks and eating and whatever, like it's all good. Uh, but it was like, I, I don't understand. I was like, I feel like something's wrong because I was never mad. It never, like, I literally think it's funny. It's so ridiculous to me that this dude just punched me for no reason. Did you know, did right. you find out the motive or what made him just? Is he... No, because he doesn't know. Oh, wow. Like, it was like a blackout thing, right? And, sure. Well, um, a couple of people that were there that night said that he had, that night, said something about me slapping the bar. Uh, which I would have never been doing out of rudeness. It would have been because I was laughing or something, but right. maybe in his brain, it's his, you know, it's our buddy's place protecting the place. It looks like I'm maybe I'm maybe it looks like I'm yelling at the bartender. I don't know. It's been a flashback, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Something that happened a long time ago. Yeah. Who knows? But I genuinely was never angry, even in the moment, even right instantly after I got hit. I was just kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. well, I, there's got to be a moment of shock there when someone just, 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 you know, what yeah. I mean? just steals on you like that. I mean, and it didn't even, I don't even shit. remember it hurting. It never even hurt. Well, that was probably the alcohol that you had in your body. That <laughs> had something to do with it. That was the uh, your distillery. That, that just, That's right. Yeah. yeah. You had too much honey whiskey. <laughs> it definitely bled a little more profusely, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was just it, it was just weird to me, and you know, a couple of people different. I've said it to more than one person, and a couple of them were like, uh, "No, there's nothing wrong with you. You just like 
in the moment you didn't get a chance to react. So, which yeah. is a good thing. I mean, honestly, I'm glad that happened because I'm still not a small dude and two big ass dudes start rumbling in this place. Like something's getting knocked over, broken. Some innocent bystanders probably going to get knocked over and injured or, you know, any a number of things. But most importantly, it could fuck up your buddy's livelihood. That's the shit that gets liquor license taken and yeah. shit like that. So, yeah, like, that's absolutely true, man. You know, I mean, I'm glad it went down the way it did. Um, I'm sure he's glad he hit me and not somebody else. I mean, I didn't even think about pressing charges or doing anything mm -hmm. like that. Like, but that's a great thing about having a therapist too, that you, you know, where you could go to and like, you don't know the answer, but hopefully somebody else can translate yeah. to you and make sense. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've, I've asked, you know, my therapist before, you know, Hey, this, I did this. Why, why did I do that? Does it make me, you know, does, does it make me, you know, uh, you know, Am I a I, fucking I like, sociopath? <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. Sometimes, man, like uh, I take as a lot comics, of we're easy targets for those labels. I take a lot of things personally, man. Sometimes I think that's a part of it. Like I internalize so much, and as a comic, you know, like I remember seeing an interview one time, like Chris Rock telling Jim Norton or something like that about, you know, of course we're going to overthink things. We're comics; we internalize everything, and. I felt like I've done with my teaching and a lot of stuff that I've done through good works, you know, raising money for different causes and all this stuff. I always try to practice. I always try to do things good to bring back karma, good karma to me. And sometimes when I get my integrity questioned, that really hits me hard, man. Like, mm -hmm. you know, when I have people think trying to almost like saying, oh, man, all these people, all these people mm -hmm. love you. They admire you and all this stuff. But I see through you. I think you're a fraud. I'm like, that shit stops me in my tracks, man. And it really sometimes I'll go to my therapist. Like, I ask myself sometimes, like, am I the am I the bad guy? You know what I mean? Like, am I? You know, like I try to help people. I try to sometimes I go even above and beyond. You know, like some of my students and stuff. I, I go I go beyond their class and I the class and I want to see them succeed because you know I have, so, I have a lot of students that get way more work than me and I love that feeling. You know what I'm saying? And I try to set them up for success. And a lot of times, you know what I mean, I even pass the class, like for, for certain ones that are applying, I feel like I have the talent and the teachability. I really want to really help them get a career off in this. And I, I do so many things with other people's interest in mind so much before me, you know what I mean? And I consider them way before me. And when, when I sometimes get that question back, like, you know, when people put it to me like, a, you know, that... The you're doing it for like, yourself yeah i mean but like yeah. I, I sit there and think i was like there's so many times where i could have took the money or i could have did this or that or i could have just lied to you uh, or whatever or i could have just did all this and that and then you know I mean, people yeah i have a lot of people in this area too a lot of my former students that i taught that are just you know they got out there they got stuck in that open you, you know bill uh a lot of people get stuck in that open mic culture Mm -hmm. And they never go anywhere professionally. So when they don't go, when they don't get the success as quick as they want, want it, well, damn, I got to go back and blame my comedy teacher. You know, he told me not to say, he told me not to say an F word as an opener. You know what I mean? Piss the headliner off. Can't be my fault. It's got to be my comedy teacher who yeah. told me exactly not what to, 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 to not do that same shit. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. you know, why, why ain't I on Jimmy Fallon yet? You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. When things like that or my 
uh, you know, why, if I had certain motives, too, I'd turn like that. That that breaks. That hurts me, man. You know what I mean? That that shit hurts. Well, it's, I, a lot of guys get into that frame of mind just because there are there's always an example of someone that didn't follow any of the rules, quote unquote. Like when you're teaching people or giving them advice when they're just starting out, you're basically giving them advice to get their foot in the door of that level <clears throat> to where they are getting paid and considering making a living, considering trying to get more work. You can't take them further than that. Yeah, and that's why I don't do a, a you know one hundred two or nothing. Yeah, like exactly. That. So as soon as right. you, as soon as they're to that point, it's on them after that, right? And then absolutely, they they see guys like guys that that never gave a fuck about whether or not they use the f word in front of whatever headliner, whoever it doesn't even matter, right? There, some guy made it by not giving a fuck. Rich and famous now, never gave a fuck. Well, yeah, Doug Ham, Doug Doug Stanhope does it, so why can't I? You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. exactly. Doug Doug Stanhope also went through a lot of lean years from walking people, and yeah, he stuck to his guns. And we all love him as comics. We love Stanhope, right? Yeah. But there's only one Stanhope, and there's three thousand Bill Blanks. Yeah. And we're trying to when you're at this level bill blank's level is where you're trying to get to you're not like you're trying to work you're just most of us are just trying to work and that's what most of you are going to be now if you if rich and famous is what you're going for great go for it if that's your goal you're probably going to blow your head off someday yeah, and, you know, in this area too, in the Virginia Beach area for quite a long time, I've, I've been like a, a big fish in a small pond. And mm. you know, one time I was producing like five shows outside the Funny Bone, but I was actually like promoting the Funny Bone at those rooms. So I had a lot of opportunities for comics and I prioritize most of the time my students because I know the material. I know I know what they're going to give me. I know I can take a take criticism. So, yeah, I'll book them on shows. So uh, I began to like get it from a lot of local comics that Tim Lulies is the gatekeeper. Or they actually gave me a nickname and it came as a joke, but they gave me the nickname of the Death Star of Hampton Roads comedy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that's um, no moon. Yeah. So you know, getting, called, <laughs> getting called the gatekeeper and stuff used to really bother me, too. And it's like, you know, these, these comics, some of these comics are like, well, fuck it, man. I can't make it here in Hampton Roads because of Tim Lulies. He has the lock on everything. He has the keys to the funny bone stage. And I didn't, but they assume that he's got the keys to the funny bone stage, all this shit. I'm going to move to New York fucking city and I'm going to blow up. Well, motherfucker, there are 200,000 Tim Lulies in New York city. <laughs> and they went up there and it was just like grand opening, grand closing, baby. It was like, they couldn't get past their open mics, the open mm -hmm. mic stage. You just went from Hampton roads. where you could get paid opportunities for seven, eight minutes and then now you're up in New York City where you gotta pay seven bring seven to eight people into the door to buy two menu items just so you can get on a fucking <laughs> shitty open mic. You know what I mean? You gotta stand outside fire. Good move, Jackass. Now you're back in Hampton Roads in six months, living back here again. You know what I'm saying? And you talked all that shit on your way yeah, out. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, you think I was holding the gate now. Watch but, this. Yeah. That shit, that shit still, and I shouldn't even be saying this just in case some of these guys watch this shit and they're like, yeah, I got to them. 
because I used to put up, I used to put my armor up and just not address them. You know what I mean? I still don't do that. Like if they take shots at me on social, social media, I don't, I don't address it. I let them do themselves. So uh, because I don't give them a platform, but it still it gets me. It's really I go back to like, yeah, you know, there's old. I, I guess I'm saying this. I got got to because there's old in AEW. Your son would know. It was a CM Punk MJF storyline where CM Punk was like, yeah, you know, he's he's playing the, the baby face. He's a good guy, and he's like, but he started questioning. He's like. I look in the mirror every morning. I've been looking in the mirror lately saying, am I the bad guy? You know what I mean? And yeah. I know I'm good and I know my intentions are good. But when I get that put towards me, man, that hurts. And and Bill knows and a lot of people know, you know, mental illness, uh, stand-up comedy draws people with mental illnesses. You know what I mean? It, it draws. And, and I know you've seen a lot of crazy shit, a lot of crazy people. They should have never put a microphone in their hand, <laughs> but it, it draws us in. You know, it's an art that pulls us there, you know, because it's a great form of therapy and all that stuff. So you get some wild people, but you know, we're all fucked up for to get on stage and actually tell jokes and and so especially if you're honest and you're coming from a a place of originality of your own personal life experiences, you got to be fucked. You got to be crazy in some way. You know what I'm saying? And you know, but that, that just that, it gets to me sometimes. You know, it's, it's much. The idea of it is right? really crazy. Just the whole, yeah. the idea of it's nuts. Yeah, like, I want to circle. Oh, go ahead, Bill. Well, I I was just gonna say. I remember there was an old, and I you know I hate to bring up Louis C.K. in a complimentary way right now. I feel like that's illegal in comedy, but <laughs> uh, there was an old Louis C.K. bit about people complaining on a plane. Like they're bitching about, it. and he's like, "Wait a minute, this whole thing is fucking crazy." Like, you're inside this tube. You're like, you should just be screaming the whole time. <laughs> like, and that's exactly like I, that encompasses that same idea. You know what I mean? Like the whole idea of stand up at all, it's crazy if you think about it. Yeah, the guy that goes or the girl that goes and grabs the mic to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to circle back. Uh, uh, we'll take our, our last break from Brown Dogs Farms, but I want to circle back on what you guys talked about just now about uh, comedy and 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 therapy, and maybe think of 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 a time that you were kind of maybe it helped you, right? Let's let's turn put a, a spin of positivity on it. Maybe you had you were having a bad night, something like that. Uh, you did a bit. And, and let's see if it turned it around for you. So we're going to take this break and then we'll come back with that question. All right. Brown Dogs Farm are Norwalk, Iowa made hot sauces and dressings. Brown Dogs Farm was born out of the dream to emulate the simple life of Rob's grandparents who inspired him with their hard work and abundant gardens. Rob and Amanda set out to create a unique blend of fruit and pepper that would satisfy the part of the brain that craves great flavor without sacrificing the spice of the peppers. Sweet, but still packing heat. With combinations like jalapeno green apple, habanero peach, cherry rhubarb reaper, and other great flavor combinations, there is a spice and flavor that is right for any party or get-together. BDF also has homemade versions of their classic and spicy ranch that are one of a kind. You can order all of those and more online at www.browndogsfarm.com and ask your local grocery to stock up. All right, we're back. Uh, again, thanks to, to both our sponsors, especially uh, Brown Dogs Farms. We did... <laughs> 
a couple days ago, I did a little taste test with Jordan on my daily podcast. And uh, I told him to make sure that he, uh, even though it may not be something that he liked, to make sure he gave it a compliment. So when I, <laughs> so when I asked him what the first one tastes like, he blurted out Satan's butthole. I had to give him a quick uh, rundown on how advertising works. So. <laughs> By the way, are you are you guys big? I know you had the distillery too. You guys whiskey drinkers? I'm not. I think I am. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yep. Yeah, bourbon. I, I you know just quitting. I I had a um I got into the game. I think around. I thought it was about eight years at first, but I think it was close to it. Um, I got in around 2015, 2016, and I just now because I'm drink I can't drink for so long. I figure if I go a year and a half, I might as well quit altogether. I just gave, I just moved some really great bottles, a collection that I've been building over those, the, those, those years. Mm-hmm. I got, I mean, I'm, and I, I even drove to a couple States, you know what I mean? To, to, to meet people and all that stuff. And to, um, damn, I, I'm criminating myself right now because we're a government controlled alcohol state. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, no Sundays, no Sundays. Yeah, back on probation for me. So, uh, so uh, you know what I mean? It, bootlegger. It was, Right? It was hard, but yeah, I mean, I was drinking the 130 proof shit because a lot of people don't know what wow. bourbon meant. Your bourbon, you can drink the 140 proof, shit, and it's just as smooth as yeah. it's 80 proof. So, uh, but yeah, man, I didn't, you know, I didn't know that you guys, if you guys went to the bourbon game, not whiskey game. So, I haven't stepped up to bourbon yet. I, I, I love a good whiskey. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way into the bourbon world. Scotch, Nope, I have. I've yet to find Scotch that I that I can handle. I, I'm you're, a newbie at this. So. You're the Tennessee whiskey. Then I, I am. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 So before we took that break, I uh, drink you guys rum. Rum. I like I don't like whiskey. <laughs> I was a big I was a big rum fan too, man. I yeah. love some rum, and I love like the rum. Just Bacardi though. I can't. I don't like the spice shit. Oh, I like, love the rum. Just, the rum aged in bourbon barrels too. That's perfection. I love that shit. Too. Yeah. That does sound good. Yeah. Before the break, we were talking about. Uh, how you guys are, are sometimes comedy is helps you with therapy and i and i posed a question about uh maybe a time that that you you had a routine and and maybe something turned around for you so uh bill let's start with you uh you got any any stories like that that well i mean when when you're going through some really hard life things life changes i mean like you know my when i was going through my divorce you know post covid well post lockdown you know finally getting back on stage and um you know all that i felt like shit all the time like 100 percent of the time i didn't even want to go I didn't even want to go get on stage really, but I kind of had to. So like being on stage is the only time I felt good. I it didn't turn it around for me. I mean, when the show was over, the show was over and I felt like shit again. Yeah. But, but just the, I remember the first time I went on stage after everything went down, and I was concerned because I was headlining a show. So I had to do an hour and I hadn't been on stage in a long time. Um, and I remember being slightly, un, you know, worried about getting through the hour, you know, having my material. Um, but I remember physically looking at my foot 
touch the stage. Like as I was going up on stage and I watched my foot hit it. And when my foot hit it, it was like I was home all of a sudden. Like I hadn't been home the whole, this whole time I ain't been home. And then I was home and I went, I got through the show. I had a great show. Uh, I was, I was firing off on a lot of cylinders. I didn't expect to be, I mean, crowd work wise, shit in the room, you know, whatever. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, once the show was over, it you know, it was just kind of back to, eh. but man, that hour was fucking serene. Absolutely. I, I have a similar experience as, um, it wasn't, you know, I know you talk about you were going through your divorces about 10 years ago and I was going through a very bad at the time. Very, 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 very my life heartbreak. And, uh, it was when I got on stage, I was excited to do 30 minutes. And when I got on stage, I felt like time didn't exist anymore. It's like mm. I, this world didn't exist. Me on that stage in that audience is was was everything to me. And it, like you said, man, like you you you, uh, you you're not better. It doesn't turn around anything. Like it's not a career defining. Maybe you get off stage, just you know, you go back to that. So it's like when you're up there, you don't want to get off. You know what I mean? You want, you want to stay there forever. And it's kind you of know scary. life. Yeah. You know, life starts over again once you get off. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. almost like when you're, when you're approaching your closing bit, you're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Slow it down and enjoy this shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, it was sim- I had a similar uh, situation with a student that I just had. And she's extremely talented, man. Here in Virginia Beach, extremely talented. And I don't want to really put too much of her stuff out there, even though I'm not going to name her name or anything like that. But she she almost quit right before the graduation show and i started flipping it was i remember i got a text for her on new year's new year's eve morning and i was hung over as shit when you're hung over it's the last time you want to get your anxiety up you know what i mean yeah I yeah text from it's like i don't think i could go anxiety <laughs> i don't think i could go through with this and i just sent her a text that says listen whatever you're going through you need this now more than ever i was like you got to finish this out came this far you got to finish this out i said listen i i I was like i want you to take another day to reconsider this i'm gonna go quiet now and luckily i get a text back from her she says okay well can my 15 year old daughter come on i was like absolutely i'll make that happen with the club you ask you know you got it i was like you know what i'm saying and she showed so much appreciation to me after that you know going through it because she got up there and crushed it she still i had her finishing at at the end of the order of the students she got there and crushed it just like I knew she would. And she, she shared the same thing with me. She said, when I was up there, she was like, I did. She's like, none of all the rest of my problems, they were, they were gone. They didn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? And um, I love that about comedy, man. It's, it's especially when you can get, you know, in me, me and Bill's position where we're afforded uh, a lot more time on stage than others. You know what I mean? I feel like we're privileged to that fact. You know, we stayed in the game this long and been able to build an act that will allow us to, get that much time on stage because every minute when you're going through some bad shit and it doesn't matter if it's again, got to be heartbreak. It could be fuck the IRS is auditing you, whatever you got, whatever you're foreclosing in your house. It could be you losing your job. It could be anything to get that time on stage, man. And be able to just like, it's like, it's like, it's like you're, you're stepping into another dimension. You know what I mean? It's like stepping aside from this plant, this plant and going into I'm not gonna get into my art bell shit with you guys. You know what I'm saying? My, 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 you know, my, the, 
you don't want me to start talking about aliens and all that shit. But uh, <laughs> I just that, that's a, that's a, maybe I maybe I could maybe I could get contracted with Three Beards Media and I, mean, I could do my own little paranormal shit or something like that. But I'm just saying, we'll get do, you believe in, do you believe in it's, ghosts? <laughs> fuck yeah, absolutely, man. You do. Yeah, dude. I, my, all right, you, you really want me to go down this rabbit hole? I'll say some crazy. I, shit. I, I, <laughs> hey, we, we don't have. I mean, we we don't have that much time right? left. I was just curious about an adult believing in ghosts. Was all <laughs> I believe in ghosts. I believe that Jesus was an alien. I believe that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, every if you're not from this earth, you're a fucking alien, man. And I believe that we were actually our DNA has been. Look, man. I, you I think we have farmed for parts? <laughs> hey, man. Everything's on the table to me, man. Hey, I got I got a good friend of mine who's a flat earther. I don't I don't criticize him for believing that. We don't fuck. I, I do not. I, I may entertain it or whatever, but I don't I don't write it. Oh, off. I'm criticizing a flat earther. I, I don't mean, write <laughs> anything off, man. I don't write it, dude. I'm a, that's a whole other episode, man. I, I really enjoy this, man. But yeah, you're about so, as you're, that's about as delusional as an Iowa fan thinking that Bill uh, Brian Ferris is going to score more than 25 points a game next year. Oh man. son of a bitch, you always find a way. I, I know it's my one talent on this podcast is the way to poke the bear. That's Perfect. it. By the way, I gotta say to you, Bears fan, man. I grew up actually, you know, my second idol growing up was um next to John Riggins was Walter Payton. Okay, so I used, love, I used to love watching the fridge, I'll show you too, this sweatshirt. Oh shit, yes. <laughs> so man, what a dude, what a guy to watch when I, that was a man, that was as a kid, man, Shim the fridge, the old bears. Yeah. I gotta say, I, like if, if there was I, another don't, don't get me started on the fridge. I hate that fucker. Oh, really, man? Yeah. Shit, dude, he stole, he stole a touchdown from Walter in the Super Bowl. In little league football, they used to they used to on the goal line, they used to give me, and I was a pretty chunky kid then when I was a kid. And in high school, I was I was a great shape, but like uh when I was a kid, literally I was I was really big. They they used to run a fridge play for me when I'd be a running back and I'd out to the goal line, man. I used to I used to love that shit, man. So the fridge was like my fridge. I liked him up until he scored that touchdown and Walter didn't get that's my you should hate uh, Ditka then. That ain't Fridge's fault. Oh, I do. That bears. That's right. Oh yeah. We'll fuck up that first round put draft choice. I guarantee. Iowa Hawkeyes twenty five therapy. Iowa Hawkeyes twenty five bears two. <laughs> tree, there's tree. <laughs> Captain Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> we'll have a whole. I can't wait until next year. I seriously cannot wait. A lot of you know. I know it's a lot. So a lot of Iowa fans are Bears fans, right? I know Seth Rollins is from uh from Iowa. Davenport. Yeah, he's a big Bears fan. I think that I think it's pretty much a melting pot in this state. It you, is. You can, it's, it's, it's like it's. It's Vikings, Bears, Packers, Chiefs. Basically. Yeah, Cowboys. A lot of Cowboys fans. I, there really. are a lot of Cowboys. There's, I mean, fans there's a lot. Now fans there's a lot everywhere. Country. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I, I got. I did. I did. I did Cowboys material at the comedy store on, in L.A. and they, you know, I, and I still got a good, you know, got got the room riled up. You know what I mean? But in Los Angeles, you know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, dude. Hey, well, Latinos are either Cowboy or Raider fans, pretty yeah. much across the board. They're everywhere across the country. <laughs> Yeah. So. No, nah, it's uh I mean here's the thing about you can't call us bandwagon fans anymore. We ain't won shit in 30 years. I know. Like yeah. So when somebody says something about cowboys and bandwagons and shit, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? When your last Super Bowl highlights come on a VHS tape, 
you're not bandwagon fans. That's the truth. Yeah. Well, I love I love how Cowboy fans sit on Washington fans. Like, when's the last time you won the Super Bowl? I was like, um, what, four years since your last one? Mm. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like that. I was like, so you're not that, you know. So yeah, man. But uh yeah, this is this is this has been this this I gotta say, man, thank y'all so much for having me on because this this has been therapeutic in itself. This has been therapy in itself to chop it up with two guys that want to talk about stuff like this. Hell yeah, um, man. You know what I mean? And, what uh, it's all about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I like what y'all are doing too about how you're saying you're trying to create a community where maybe those that aren't fortunate enough to have medical insurance can hopefully maybe see something like this, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe yeah. to help them. You know what I mean? Um, you know, the, the th- chime in, participate, like ask questions, you know, anything. I mean, I, you know, one thing I realized there, there was a while there where I was going to like AA meetings and stuff like this is like seven, eight years ago. And I never really considered myself an alcoholic, but I was just trying to save my marriage at the time and whatever I could do. Um, but I realized it was like therapy. I mean, you were in there with a group of people and, and people were sharing stories and, you know, you'd hear a lot of, you'd hear a lot of bullshit, repetitive you know bullshit speak from the people that are just trying to get through their probation and get a paper signed or whatever but yeah for the most part you know there'd be meetings and it was very it it was like free group therapy i mean right. so so i got a dui back in 2012 and it was funny um because um what had happened with me was i was at my uh i left a show that i was just watching a friend of mine's a support and i didn't drink all night and then I go over to party at a friend's of mine's house and I down an entire bottle of Syrah, right? And I tell y'all, I can drink things that would put most people into alcohol poison in the hospital. I do that shit. I can, a, a 750 milliliter ain't nothing to me. So I did a whole bottle of Syrah. I drive around the corner to see if another friend of mine's home. Uh, it was late in the morning. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting hit with a salt pack on my, on my nose. And I wake up like, what the fuck? So I was in with my car in gear pointed towards a house almost about to go into the yard with my foot on the brake i passed out a lot of people are like like bruce smith is from this area right and it's notorious mm-hmm. uh, thing where he got popped with a dui because he passed out at a stoplight right so i had my foot on the brake car in gear pointing towards another house when i got woke up i, I just remember the cop as soon as i woke up the cop <clears> reached over and put my car in the park i went with like, holy shit so anyway so i had to go because it was my first dui whatever i had to my only DUI, but i had to go to a, to, to, to a right and it was funny, everybody, I was sitting in the very back at the last seat, and everybody that said, okay, we want to go around the, the room, we want to see how it is that you got pulled, right? It gets out on the way to me, and I was like, well, uh, I wasn't pulled, I was found. You know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, yeah, that AA shit was wild. You hear a lot of people, and they are, a lot of most of them are in there, just to, like I said, get the paper, get, you know, all yeah. the part, whatever. So, uh, but yeah, man, that's, it was, that's a very expensive lesson, man. You know what I'm saying? And that turned into me rather drinking alone at home or somewhere where I can get a cheap Uber. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, mine, mine was about that same amount of time ago, like 2012, 2013, something like that. Uh, and I, and I call it a, a medicine too. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, for, for, that's how I coped with my mental illness for so many years. And it's funny, man. It's like, I, I've been over a month now without a sip of alcohol and I don't fucking miss it, man. I waking up on a Saturday without a hangover. And yeah. instead going into the gym, it's like wow, this this has been this is weird. You know what I'm saying? What kind of like yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's it's been quite it's been enjoy I've enjoyed it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 
it's really not even a thought of mine, but for so many years, that's how I medicated. You know what I mean? Um, and, well, and it's, I always, it's associated a lot with fun. Yeah. Right. You know, yep. it's, it's kind of hard to go out and have a good time without at least, at least having some kind of little buzz along with everybody else. Right. And a lot of that's just because when you're sober, drunk people annoy the fuck out of you. So yeah. you just kind of need to <laughs> need that buffer. Dinner. Need that yeah. alcohol buffer. Fucking win in Rome, you know? And, right. And, and the thing with me is, man, it's like I'm a quarter, I'm a quarter German, a quarter English, quarter Irish, quarter French. And I do it all. The wine, mm. the beer, the liquor. I'm like a thoroughbred alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, so it was, it, 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 it runs in my family and it definitely ran through me. You know what I mean? But I don't, I feel great, man. I don't, I don't miss that shit. You know what I'm saying? And now my body is responding better because, you know, when you, this is another thing that causes the mental, you know, it's a, it's a it makes you, those hangovers get you depressed. Those hangovers get you in your mind. Mm -hmm. The hangovers yeah. make you overthink. Yeah. And um, so, and also it, it stops that, you know, your liver creates this chemical that makes you add on weight. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're, when you're in that hangover phase and all that stuff. And so, for many years, that's 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 how my health slipped, and I let myself go, you know. Because right after high school, man, um, you know, what I'm saying I was, I went from, you know, what I'm saying uh, playing basketball, soccer year round, um, to just selling, living off of selling weed and drinking a an entire case, an entire case, twenty four pack of natural ice a night. And back then, you know, you know, in your twenties, you didn't have hangovers. Right. You know what I mean? You didn't have them, so you felt like Superman. Like fuck, I could do this. Hell, I'll do this yeah. again tonight. You know what I'm saying? So it was a nightly thing, and that's just when my, when I totally just let myself go. And there was other shit going on there too that made that happen. But um, you know, it's that, that, drinking that, like Andre the Giant. Oh yeah, right? no yeah. shit. <laughs> Those are legendary. Yeah, man. We so, uh, we talked about uh, comments and and people um, asking questions and so on. So I'm going to read this question from last week that somebody dropped on our YouTube channel, and maybe we'll wrap up with this because it kind of fits into a little bit Tim of what you were talking about earlier about relationships. Uh, and, and Monica asked, what is the best approach for women to start the conversation with their man to let them know they're supportive? Fuck, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> I wouldn't know that. I never experienced that. Does that happen? Really? Does she? Uh, no, she no it doesn't happen. That's the point. We need to let them know how to make it happen. Can you, can you give me her at? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> let me meet, uh, was it Monica or whatever? Yeah, that's. Yeah. I didn't know women thought that way of men. Well, it does, apparently. Yeah, that's cool. That's the cool thing is, I think that, I think a lot of in relationships, and I think this probably happens in general. This isn't necessarily man woman, um, but to me, I think that a lot of people, when something, when their partner's going through something, um, and they're not communicating about it, and you can just you can just tell that obviously something's off, something's wrong, and when they're not communicating about it, you tend to take it personally. Uh, it makes you think it's about you. Something's mm -hmm. wrong with your relationship. Uh, something's wrong with you or, or the way they're feeling about you. So I would say the best approach is to, you know, go to them and be like, look, I can tell something's not right. Something's wrong. I, I want you to know you can be honest with me about it. Um, but do the best you can to not make it about you. Whatever... 
Don't talk about how the way they're acting is making you feel. Ask them how they feel and what's going on. That's, that's good, yep. man. I'll piggyback on that and say uh, judgment, I think, is probably the biggest reason sometimes why men don't say anything because I they're they're afraid that they may think less of weak. them. Yeah. Right. Makes them look weak or they may think less of them. There's or, still the man up thing. There's still yes. that's still there. Yeah. yeah. And to know that you're not going to be judged and you'll be supported, uh, I think is the biggest um <laughs> sorry. Somebody just Billy made fun of me for crying when <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I'm sorry. Right. I, had, I had a really great serious point, and then you waited to read it, you dumbass. I read it and started laughing. I'm not very good at this hosting thing. All right, I'm not very good. Oh my god! That's because Bill's a prick, Sean. Don't you know that? Let me tell y'all something, man. I, I, I don't knock on wood. He's he's still with us, but. I'm trying to, the day that Ric Flair goes. That's going to be a rough one for you. Dude, he's got, now. he's on. I mean, I love Ric Flair, but that dude is living on borrowed time. I mean, it's still, it just, it's, it's just like, yeah, and I got a couple of favorite others, but man, I, I've thought about that before. It's like, it's going to be major. It's going to feel like almost close family member level loss. Have you, have you, have have you, you watched tried? his? Have yeah, watch his documentary. I, not, the newest one I haven't seen. They've made like three or four of them. So the yeah, the one newest one that's on Peacock is pretty good. It's and I need to watch that. I need to watch that man because yeah. uh, he's just because he talks about, a little bit about that about he talk, how he's he's survived so much and and where his life's at now and and how he can't believe that he's still here. You just talk about the personification of an entertainer, man. And you talk about the I was talking about the alter ego earlier, and I, and I just know I saw in a, 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 a later a documentary made several years ago is how this guy created like it was like he survived. He he skated death several times, and then close to like in his mid twenty mid twenties, maybe close to thirty, is when he created the alter ego Ric Flair, and right. he got sucked into that alter ego, and Ric Flair is who. He is like I forgot his other name, something Fleer or something. Fleer, yeah, yeah, Fleer. Uh, like, Fleer. He became Ric Flair. He yeah. can't. He can't escape that alter ego. That alter ego sucked him in, and that's him. I mean, so I'm just saying, man. Like you know, and, and Riggins too. I mean, there's just some of those people, those idols that you know. Like you said, the little part, the times. I'm hey, man. It, I, I, see, I think I even shed a tear when, when Walter Payton passed, man. You know what I'm saying? But. That's what I was getting ready to ask. Do you guys have a celebrity death that you cried over that you never met him? Like, I actually, you know, Mm. I probably, I I can recall a million times making fun of people for crying over the death of someone they didn't know. (laughs) Well, you know, not someone they didn't know, Bill, but I'll tell you what, man. I worked with John Witherspoon quite a bit. Oh and yeah, well you, but that's ops. different. You had a relationship. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Me, I'm talking about you know, no relationship whatsoever. Yeah. Just a celebrity that, for whatever reason, it hit you. I, 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 I you know what? I, I would say probably not necessarily because I loved him so much, but because the overpowering outpouring of love for him was probably when Kobe died. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's you know what I have to say. Yeah, that affected me a little like bit. Like watching just because, the people, yeah, right? They yeah. were so touched by him, and so, and then you—I mean, when he was playing, 
I hated him, right? Yeah. Because he was yeah. not on my team and he nobody could ever beat him. And he seemed kind of like a prick. And but as when people talked about the love that he had for the game and 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 things like that, and being so dedicated to your craft like that, mm. uh that one probably uh, yeah i was a little um, more emotional i'm a laker fan that and you're just I mean, a bandwagon jumping motherfucker yes. are you i grew up a lakers fan. cowboys and oakland a's what, and I what the I fuck what do you want <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like kobe i didn't like kobe i can't either. believe you're not a yankee fan that, that would be the trifecta oh, of douchebags I, I didn't i didn't like kobe either and i'll say it's like i hated jordan and then when Kobe came along, I had more respect for Jordan. And now that LeBron came along, I have much more respect for Kobe even before he passed. But yeah. I'm just telling you, like, I really – like you were just saying, you hated how good he was. I, you, you really – like, people were hating on Kobe. But then once he passed and you realized, like, and you look back on his career of, like you said, the dedication, how he lived yeah. and breathed it, there was nothing more important yeah. to him on this earth than basketball. And that really that, – that tribute and everything, yeah, if, if – I'd have to agree with that. That was something that really got to me, man. Really. George Carlin. I cried when George Carlin died. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. He was my hero. And then uh, I was in seventh grade when Magic announced that he had HIV, and I cried then. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's funny because I've been listening. I thought to he was gonna like, die, man. I thought yeah. he was gonna die. Yeah, right. Yeah, you did. Back in those days, man. AIDS. Like, he's gonna die. Of, he was dying. Yeah. Everybody has AIDS now. You know what I mean? Like everybody has AIDS now. It's no big deal. But yeah, you thought it. Was yeah, like, everybody has AIDS now. It's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got AIDS. Fuck it. You take know anything away. Well, that's the whole South Park bit. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Everybody's got AIDS. song. That song from Team America. Sing that oh, song yeah. where everybody has AIDS. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got AIDS. Yeah, that's what oh, my God. <laughs> well, this podcast has delved into a terrible section <laughs> and segment. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for coming on. It, it was an honor uh, to talk to you and meet you. And uh, I'm so glad that we're connected on social media. So when you do happen to pop on every once in a while, we can. Yeah. We can converse and so on. I'd love to come back and talk about, you know, I mean, the the um the, the ancient aliens and the secret civilizations and how where uh, oh my god, dude, and how yeah. and how chloride uh, fluoride is uh, <laughs> is cutting off a receptor so to reach our penis. Oh lady. my god. We just we just create a whole channel for you, my friend. Yeah, too bad. Yeah, let me have it, man. Too bad I didn't get to talk about the the balloon shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. right. Hey, I know. We got, trust me, uh we got plenty of time for the tinfoil hat episode. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's I'm build not. an audience first. Yeah. Yes. Before they go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely some mental illness going on on this podcast. <laughs> man, it's been a blast with y'all guys tonight, man. So this is fun, man. It's probably been one of the best our podcasts. Where can people find you at? Where can people find um, you at? On at Big Forty Four on all uh, platforms, um, and uh, at Big oh, Excuse me, at Big Forty Four Comedy. Uh, 44, the numbers, uh, big 44 comedy. Um, and also, um, if you're in the Richmond, Hampton Road, uh, Hampton Roads area, uh, next week we have the Funny Bone Comedy School starting, which eventually soon will be, uh, going online to reach globally. It'll be doing online teaching and stuff like that. Um, also, but like if you're in those areas, uh, our introduction class here in Virginia Beach, uh, excuse me, in Richmond, uh, that's first. It will be February, Monday, February uh, 13th. Then um, 
you know, here in Virginia Beach, in the Virginia Beach area, uh, the introduction class will be on uh, Wednesday, February 15th. So before you even decide to pay any money to enroll, you can come out and hear me talk about it, answer questions, all that stuff. Um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I, I appreciate the platform tonight, guys, and um, to, 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 to get myself out there. Oh, yeah, man. Awesome. Uh, definitely appreciate you coming on, telling your story, and the, uh, this will be... We'll, we'll definitely have you back. I mean, it's going to be uh, uh, hopefully 100%. a little more guest driven going forward. So um, we'll definitely do that. And nothing but love. Thank you, everybody who tuned in, commented, uh, and and for everybody that's going to kind of listen later. Uh, we appreciate you all. Let's keep building this thing and, um, you know, keep the mission, keep the mission strong, keep the mission where it's supposed to be. Um, right. And it's all about. Uh, keeping ourselves honest and accountable and 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 uh normalizing men's mental health and and talking about it so well, for everybody right, i'm showing i'm showing tim's uh twitter feed and i just would like to point out his banner photo is a yeah, troll was, with the cowboys the i really don't i really don't do much twitter anymore i don't do twitter i mostly can that's find my favorite instagram and, uh yeah instagram so. and, and facebook at big 44 comedy but yeah I, I, I thought yeah that's that's pretty cool you pulled that up for bill so yeah actually never mind <laughs> fuck y'all uh i'm out <laughs> Thank you. all right with that we all are right. going to close it out everybody have a great week bill thanks for hopping on again you know baby great guest love you all right much with love that, everybody peace we are out